Katie, I don't know if it's okay for you to be like making me want to go out with the, these team tune situations like when we're on lockdown right now. That's that's not okay. Friends don't do that to friends. <laughs> that is a fair point. Like that, yeah. Jesus. Level five, man. This is this is pretty shit. Like it was not my intention. When I, like, I was actually pretty proud of that tune right there. I really, I just, yeah. I, I think you're doing like a really good job with the music, Katie. Like I do feel that it's worth pointing out that like these are, these are just loops from like Garage band. This is not like Katie's not like arranging. Not I need to know when to press the button. Okay, <laughs> that's that's true. I don't know that that I would be able to do that. Yeah, exactly, man. Okay, just back off. How else am I going to fill my evenings up here? Oh my god, do you have to stay like on campus now, or what's what's the story? Like I don't know. Is the thing like I'm waiting for like what they're gonna do? Because like yeah, I was up here for like labs and stuff, but like. Is is the college going to close now? Like I assume there's going to be like something on the website, but I I don't know. Like like I'm across the road, so it's like within five k or whatever. So like I can stay here, but yeah, it's it's it sucks, man. Yeah, campus is like so grim right now. Did you go in, Sarah? Yeah, like sort of last week, like got the train up and sort of was yeah scrubbing myself down with sanitizer the whole time like for real like my mom is full-on convinced that i caught covid from like looking at a dublin bus when i got back up here well like to be fair kate you do kind of like lick the handrails and everything yeah yeah like that wasn't great like before covid but like what was previously just you being a bit weird is now you putting like yourself and others at risk kate are we doing the intervention now? I thought we were going to wait until we could like get all her brothers and sisters on the line. You well, guys. like the thing is, when the opportunity presents itself, sir, you know what? We may as well grasp it. You guys, isn't fair? <laughs> Stop saying people are going to think you're serious, man. Like fine, 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 fine. Like we, yeah. But like you do, like you do, kind of go a little mad though. Like sitting, like yeah, on your own in a room, like just watching Netflix, and then like getting up to go to a chemistry practical, like yeah, totally on your own. Like it messes with your head, man. I don't know. Just like doing your own thing, watching your own stuff, not afraid of like what's going on and who's going to like tell you to do what, like. Someone's pretty class to me. Oh my god, testify, Cleana. Okay, testify. like if my ma tells me to unclog that drain in the bathroom one more time, I'm gonna go bleed and spare. Okay, Dude, Chloe, man, what you, Jesus? What? I am sorry, Katie Morphy, but the last time I checked, there were four people with hair in this house. Okay, was it my responsibility? Your dad gets a pass. That's only fair, Sarah. He never like got to have a funeral for his hair or nothing. Like least we can do is like not have him cleaning up air hair that like we don't have like room for on ours our heads that's just that's just mean i really think that like ours are is like my favorite word that you say chloe you're saying it's not real words no 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 no, no. i'm just saying it would sound weird if i said it is all <laughs> okay 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 i'm allowed that because you know i'm assuming that you're saying that i'm the only one that can say that on like count of my like pathological maziness and like everything well i mean obviously <laughs> okay 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 i'm glad we're on the same page Sersha. um okay where was i oh yeah me dad don't have no hair uh, so so yeah me ma's yeah she's constantly on at me like here young one that share is smelling like get that hair out of the drain so like i says to her 
Oh, what about them lazy bitches? Get them to do it. And she's all, oh, how dare you talk about your baby sisters like that? They're out the door studying for their junior certs. Their junior certs. Poor Kylie's so upset she's giving herself the runs. Like, their junior certs. When I was studying for my junior certs, they had me babysitting them too while they were up in Lynch's cross the road like having a hoolie every other weekend. And Kylie, Kylie has the runs because she was hungover. Stressed my ears. No, they was out for a walk with their mates down to Bernard Park. Walk my ears. They were out there sculling cans. Kylie couldn't walk straight when she came in. Like, man, like, don't you have stories about like climbing onto the basketball hoop in that park when you were like 15? Yes, yes, I do, Katie. But I, crucially, still had to clean my own hair out of the drain. Why aren't you listening to me right now? <laughs> So, like, what happened? Like, did you do it in the end? Well, well yeah. Well, Kleena, um, so I sort of, like, may have flooded the bathroom when I was, like, made Grammy performance with Beyonce slash, you know, conditioning my hair. Standard. Right? I can't be looking at, like, water levels and my imaginary fans need me. But, <laughs> yeah, so, like, then I sort of, yeah, then, then I did have to deal with the hair situation. <laughs> And the flood situation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, me ma shouting at me like an actual crazy person situation. <laughs> how, did, how did that one work out? Not great, Sarah. Not great. Um, number four called the police on us again. So. Oh, no, they didn't. I know, it's all right. We do it on them if their Dara locks his ma out of the house. Oh, can we know? <laughs> she went out the window. We thought someone was, like, breaking in. Also, you know, she had called the guards on us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, here, here. We talk about books, are we? Without... Without talking about BTS. This is usually where we talk about BTS, Sarah. Oh my god, okay, fine. Like is there is there even anything to talk about? Well like well like Jimmy Opa went live um yesterday and then today Suga Opa went live and then Jungkooki Opa went live as well and he had his hair up and then he took his hair down, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like the Guardian are gonna are gonna publish something on it pretty soon anyway, so are, are you are you making fun of me right now? Is that what this is? Sarah O'Neill, I will have you remember that it was you. It was you who brought K-pop onto this show to begin with all them weeks ago. Okay? So you just, you just, when you want to pass them snide comments on my future husband, okay? I love him so much. Like, like, you just remember that this was your doing. You did this. You brought him into my life. And thank you for that. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do I do this? I mean, it's it's it is your fault. You're the reason why there are fanfic quotes in our group chat now. <gasps> oh my god! Did you just read the stuff that Elsie's sister is writing? Uh, like I I like it's oh man, it's what writing, Clena. It's actual writing. Like it's it's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot, lads. It's so good. <laughs> Like, but but it actually is good. Like none of the the weird stuff that like you usually see in fanfic. <laughs> yeah, like no one's tongue is like fighting the others for dominance. Like, what is that? Ah, uh, that's cute though. That's just cause them kids ain't never been with no one. That's nice. Dude, like those kids are like two years younger than you. Yes, but how many years in terms of my like tongue dominance experience, <laughs> Katie? Oh my god, man! Like like no, I just ate. Jesus, God. Oh, <laughs> I do get annoyed with the whole. Yeah, mafia boss idea. What what's that now when it's at home? Like some of the kids think that like the yeah, the boys would like fit right in as heads of like an organized crime syndicate. Right. Who who they then meet. Okay. And like 
bang repeatedly I see (laughs) okay (laughs) and how old are these kids (laughs) They're like a bunch of standards. I, I don't know. Like there's a yeah, mafia boss, like a CEO, um, your school enemy that you end up falling on and kissing by accident, even though that absolutely never happens. Your bad boy boyfriend that talks you into banging during class. What? Yeah, no, seriously, man. Like it is wild what these kids come up with. Oh, now they're these kids. I'll remind you that you are the youngest one here, Katie Murphy. Uh, only by like eight months, man. Oh, well then, well then, you're fully entitled in that case to write a story about banging Yoongi in the, in the soup camper van situation that you got going on there. Um, what? Excuse me? Katie, no, you couldn't. Like, there wouldn't be any room. What if you broke his laptop? <laughs> like, I wouldn't break his laptop. Do not talk about this, Sarah. Let's talk about books. Can we please talk about books, Sarah? Okay, no. You know what? Yes, yes. And there are some lead-ins from this conversation. There are legitimately no lead-ins from Katie writing sexy fanfic to the discussion on this book, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, there isn't. But like, yeah, for for a book with like a decent amount of sex in it, this book isn't really that sexy. Yeah, like not in like the same way as Katie's fanfic is the thing. Dude, why are you still talking about it? Well, the bathroom scene was good. Like I, I had to lie down after that. <laughs> oh, <my>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, I do agree. Like Queenie, like she, she didn't get to have a lot of like the, the, the good sexy time you know which isn't fair like she's really super amazing she like totally should have gotten a chance to do that well like that's kind of the thing isn't it like she she wouldn't like let herself right okay do g- yeah you guys were kind of yeah cart before the horse situation right now um so do you know what let's let's start from the start um our book this week is candace carty williams's debut novel queenie um, it was shortlisted for like the Waterstones, Foils and Goodreads book of the year in 2019. Um, it was Blackwell's debut of the year. Like everybody was talking about this book last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. I read it when it came out and like I loved it. But like it was super interesting like reading it again. I feel like I kind of, I had this like different experience of like who Queenie was and like what I thought about her and stuff. Yeah, it was super interesting. Really? I wonder... Yeah, I wonder like if how you felt about her the first time around, how that matches up with like how we feel about her now and stuff. Like, or even like how I feel about her now after having read the book like a week ago and like thinking about it and stuff. Like it's it's changed. Like, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting book in that way. Dudes, come on. Jesus, horse, cart. Let's one thing oh, oh, sorry. first and sorry. then I can't even speak words anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, author bio let's start there um clay as penance for your sins <laughs> which you want to do this one yeah all right um okay oh yeah 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 here um candace carty williams was born in 1989 the result of an affair between a jamaican cab driver and a dyslexic jamaican indian receptionist um, she is a journalist, screenwriter and author of the Sunday Times best winning Queenie, a book described as vital, disarmingly honest and boldly political. In 2016, Candace created and launched The Guardian and Forte State BAME, Black, Asian and Minority Ethnic Short Story Prize, the first inclusive initiative of its kind in book publishing. As a journalist, she has written for The Guardian, ID, Vogue International, every iteration of the Sunday Times, Beat Magazine, Black Ballad and more. 
She will probably always live in South London. She can be found on Twitter and Instagram at at Candice C underscore W. Oh, well, that was just very good. I, I absolve you completely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Sirsh, you want to give us uh, a blurb there for, for Young Queenie? Let's let's keep this momentum going. What? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Uh, Candace Carty Williams is... Williams is, I don't know I never know how to pronounce that like apostrophe after anyway um, Candace Carty Williams uh, luminous debut is a joy filled painfully funny coming of age story set in modern Britain fabulous but flawed defiant but vulnerable Queenie Jenkins is one of the great fictional creations of the 21st century and her story is by turns hilariously funny dramatic and movingly tender caught between the Jamaican British family who don't seem to understand her a job that's not all it promised and a man she can't get over, Queenie's life seems to be steadily spiralling out of control. Desperately trying to navigate her way through a hot mess of shifting cultures and toxic relationships and emerge with a shred of dignity, her missteps and misadventures will provoke howls of laughter and tears of pity, frequently on the same page. Tackling issues as diverse as mental health, race, class and consent with a light yet sure touch, Queenie is refreshingly candid, delightfully compassionate and bracingly real. The perfect fable for a frenetic and confusing time, Carty Williams' stellar novel is undoubtedly one of the year's most exciting debuts and announces its author as a fresh and vibrant new voice in British literature. So how does um, absolution work all the way from <laughs> Kildare? Can you get holy water on me from, from all the way over there? How, how is this going to work? I'll post some over to you, man. You'll, you'll get it sometime next week. It'll be fine. <laughs> you are so weird. Like, oh, here, well, do you know what, Chloe? Maybe that sets you up as our, our next reader. Why don't you uh, take us through the, the excerpt I sent over yesterday? Oh, sucks to be you, man. Oh, do you know what? And then, Kay, you can start us off with your thoughts pretty much straight after then. How about that? Oh, sucks to be you, Kay. Hey, what? You know, but like, seriously, why is Sarah in charge? Like, who decided this? I don't remember voting on this. None of you guys were willing to do it. Jesus, come on. Chloe, third file I sent across. Come on, let's go. <laughs> come on, Sarah, relax the cacks. I'm just opening it. Christ. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, okay. Queenie, in the stirrups now. Wish you were here. I locked my phone and carried on looking at the ceiling before unlocking it and sending a follow-up XX. That will prove to Tom that I wasn't as emotionally detached as he accuses me of being. Can you just bring your bottom right down to the edge of the exam table? The doctor asked as I inched myself down closer to her face. Honestly, I have no idea how to do it. Deep breath, please. She said this a little bit too cheerfully and with no further warning, inserted what felt like the world's least ergonomic dildo into me and moved it around like a joystick. We've all been there. Um, she placed a cold hand their hands are always freezing she placed a cold hand onto my stomach pressing down every few seconds and pursing her lips every time I squealed to divert my attention away from this manipulation of my insides I checked my phone no reply so what do you do Queenie the doctor asked glancing at my chart wasn't it enough that she could like literally see inside me did she need to know about my day job I work at a newspaper, I said, lifting my head up to make eye contact as it seemed like the polite thing to do. That's a fancy career, she pressed on, plunging her way back in. What do you do at the newspaper? I work at the Daily Read, the, ah, culture section, listings and reviews and 
in the technology department. That makes sense, she said. I hoisted myself up on my elbows to correct her, but stopped when I saw how concerned she looked. I glanced at the nurse behind her who looked just as concerned and then back at the doctor. She still looked concerned. I couldn't see my own face, but guessed that my expression mirrored both of theirs. Hold on a tick. We're just going to... Ash, could you get Dr. Smith in here? The nurse bustled out. Many uncomfortable minutes passed until the nurse came back in with another doctor, a man who looked as standard as his surname would suggest. Let's get a closer look, Dr. Smith said, bending down and peering between my legs. What's wrong? Can you not find it? I asked, worried that the coil may have been absorbed into my womb. Do I still worry that like every tampon I'd ever inserted was still like knocking about inside me? Poor Queenie. <laughs> what do you think, Ray? The first doctor asked our colleague. We might need to get Dr. Ellison in here, you know, Dr. Smith replied, standing back up and putting his hands on his hips. I saw a cleaner mopping up some sick in the hallway. Why don't you get him in here to have a look as well? I asked all three hospital staff as they stared at the ultrasound image. Fair play to you, Queenie. Um, aha, look, the coil is there, the original doctor said, pointing at a speck on my on-screen uterus with the excitement of someone who'd just discovered a new planet. Relieved, I lay back on the examination table. But could you pop your clothes back on and have a seat in the waiting room? We just need to have a quick word and then we'll call you back in. Never, ever trust a Gemini man. I plonked myself down on a chair next to Aunt Maggie. Here, she said, holding out a bottle of antibacterial hand gel. She squeezed some into my palm and as soon as I had rubbed it in, she grabbed my hand to consolidate her point. I thought that Maggie coming with me would be like a calming and firm adult presence, but instead she was just transferring her germ OCD onto me. I tried to focus on the peeling gynecology unit sign on the wall to stop myself from pulling my hand out her grip. You know I don't believe in astrology, Maggie. She squeezed my hand tighter, I suppose by way of punishment. I slithered my hand out of hers and crossed my arms, tucking my hands into my armpits so she couldn't grab at them again. Your generation don't believe in anything, my aunt told me. But listen to what I'm telling you. It's for your own good. Gemini men, they are takers. They will take every single thing from you and they will drain you. They will never give back to you, ever, because it's not about you. It's always about them. And they will leave you broken, in a heap, on the floor. I've seen it happen a million times, Queenie. The woman opposite raised a palm to the ceiling and mm-hmm in agreement. As you know, I steer clear of all men except our Lord and Father because I haven't had time for them since 1981. But believe you me, it's the Gemini ones that you need to watch yourself with. Get yourself involved with a man born in June and there'll be trouble. I chanced an interjection. But Tom is born in June and instantly regretted it. Oh, exactly. This is what I'm saying, Maggie exclaimed. And where is he, please? She looked at me quizzically. You're here in the hospital and he's nowhere to be seen. I opened my mouth to make the point that not all men born at a certain time of the year were variations of Lucifer walking around the earth, but always wanting to fully explore any subject, Maggie had more to say. In the increasingly busy waiting room, she continued to use her best outside voice to lecture me and everyone sitting around us. And though I was too anxious about the goings-on of my womb to take any of it in, the woman opposite us was nodding along aggressively and staring at Maggie's auburn wig as though it might fall off at any minute. If you get involved with a Gemini man, you'll regret it. They like the chase, 
Trust me, the pursuit of a woman makes them feel strong. It makes them feel good and it makes them feel like they have a purpose in life. And we all know that unless men have a purpose, they feel aimless. But Gemini men are a whole different story. Maggie continued with awe-inspiring enthusiasm. When they do finally get the woman, they'll drop her. Drop her like they didn't even know her. Gemini men don't mind who they hurt, who they have to use, who they have to step over. They don't even bloody notice. Are you sure you don't mean white men, Maggie? I asked, narrowing my eyes. Her line of fire sounded a little too specific. You can take it how you want to, she said, folding her arms and pursing her lips. You're the one who thought she found her white saviour. And now look. Maggie is a big woman. In all ways. She has a new and even more surprising wig made every week. She doesn't like to wear the colour black because it's too depressing and she has to wear more than one pattern at any given time, even when she's pottering around the house because Jesus wants life to be about colour. The obsession with colour is a nod to her fleeting career as an artist, a career in which she never created anything but hype around herself. Maggie is also intensely religious, but the less said ever about that, the better. My aunt and grandmother always use religion as a stick to be everyone with, and to even dwell on it for more than one second would be to entertain something I had no time for. I sat on the edge of my seat to prevent the hospital staff from screaming my full name out this time round. What's to stop them from looking me up after I've gone? I've asked Maggie, trying to derail her rant. What are the rules? Who's looking you up? She asked me. Anyone in the waiting room? I answered quietly. You're not a celebrity, Queenie, Maggie said. Don't be so paranoid. Queenie Jenkins! (laughs) They do, they do, they roar it out. (laughs) The nurse from before bellowed. Like, she knows what she looks like. She don't need to, like, just call her name out like that. (laughs) I patted Maggie on the knee to signify that I was about to go in and jumped up. She didn't stop talking. The nurse didn't smile back at me. Instead, she placed a hand gently on my shoulder and trotted me down the clinical corridor and led me back into the room that smelled like someone had spilled a bucket of bleach. I glanced nervously at the ultrasound machine as I hummed in the corner. You can put your things back down there, she said, pointing to a chair by the door. For the second time, maybe more so this time, I wished I had been Tom sitting there in that chair, but I didn't have time to lament because the nurse was staring at me, so I threw my bag on it. Can you remove your tights and your underwear and put your legs back in the stirrups and I'll go get the doctor? Again? I asked, throwing my head back like a surly teenager. Hmm? Yes, please. She left the room. I should have worn tracksuit bottoms for this, both because I would live in them if I could, and because tights are a complete faff. Putting them on requires a half dance, half contortion and should only be done once a day in a private sphere. I got out my phone to text my best friend who was probably doing something less horrifying with her afternoon. Queenie. Darcy, they're asking to examine me for the second time. I'll have had this machine in me more times than Tom in the last few weeks. The doctor, a brisk woman with kind eyes that had clearly seen a lot of women's fear, swept into the room. She spoke very slowly, explaining that she was going to have one more check of something. I sat up. What are you looking for? I asked. You said the coil was there. She responded by snapping on a pair of latex gloves, so I lay back down. Okay, she uttered after a pause and a prod. I've asked another doctor for a second opinion. And after having had another look, it's just that. But is there any chance you were pregnant, Queenie? I sat up again. 
my stomach muscles would be shocked into thinking that I was like exercising at this point. Sorry, what do you mean? Well, the doctor said, peering at the ultrasound, it looks like you've had a miscarriage. I lifted my hand to my mouth, forgetting that I was holding anything. My phone slipped out of my grip and onto the floor. The doctor paid no attention to my reaction and continued looking at the screen. Why? I asked, desperate for her to look at me, to acknowledge that this news might have affected me in some way. It can happen with most forms of contraception, she told me clinically, her eyes that I'd previously thought were kind still fixed on the screen. Most women just don't know about it. At least it's done the job. I lay back on the examination table long after she'd left the room. Oh, you two will have beautiful children, Tom's grandmother said, staring at us from across the table. Joyce had cataracts, but she could still see the future, it seemed. Your lovely brown, soft skin, queenie, but lighter, like a lovely milky coffee, not too dark. And Tom's green eyes, your big hair, queenie, those dark eyelashes, but Tom's nice straight nose. I looked around to see if anybody else at the table was shocked by what she said, but apparently it was acceptable. I don't think you can pick and choose like an e-fit, Joyce, I said, fiddling with the pepper grinder. Trill, Joyce said. It's a shame, da. Later on when we were in bed, I turned to Tom and put my book down. What's wrong with my nose? What you mean? Tom asked, concentrating on whatever tech article he was reading on his phone. Your grandma. At dinner, she said that our future baby should have your nice straight nose. Ignore her. She's just being old, isn't she? Tom said, putting his phone down on the bedside table. Your nose is nice and squishy. It might be, yeah, it might be my favourite thing about your face. Oh, thanks, I guess, I said, picking my book back up. Well, let's hope that our children don't get any of my squashed features. I said squishy, not squashed, and I'd rather our kids look more like you than me. Your face is more interesting than mine, and I love your nose almost as much as I love you, Tom said, booping me on the appendage in question with a finger. He moved so that I could nuzzle into him, and although I wasn't a person who ever felt particularly safe, I did, but just for a second. So you've thought about it, I asked, looking up at him. Your nose? Sure, I think you have a lovely nose. <laughs> he rested his chin on my forehead. No, our children. Future babies. Yeah, I got it all planned out. In six years when we've got a house and I forced you down the aisle, we'll have children, Tom said, smiling. Three is the right amount. Three. One is selfish, two means they'll always be competing, but when you have three, they can start looking after each other as soon as the eldest is eight. Okay, okay. Three coffee-coloured babies, but milky, right? Just like Grandma ordered. Queenie. Tom. Hello. Queenie. Are you seeing my messages? Queenie. I'll call when I'm on my way home. Queenie. Got to go to the chemist and get some pills. Queenie, let me know if you need me to bring Anton home. I sat in the corner staring at my phone's smashed screen, waiting for Tom to reply. A few minutes passed and eventually I walked back towards the waiting room. I could hear Maggie talking as I made my way towards her. One day, years ago now, my ex-husband told me he was popping out for petrol and do you know what? He was gone 15 hours. When he got back I said, Terence, where did you get the petrol? Scotland? She paused for effect. Told him to get out after that. I had a baby to look after. I had my bills to pay. I couldn't deal with any man's nonsense. 
Maggie paused to adjust her bosom. <laughs> they do that, don't they? <laughs> the day after he left, I went to the doctor and I said, listen, tie my tubes in a knot. I'm not having any more. I'm telling you, the one I've got now is 15. All she gives me is trouble. It's all about makeup and boys and fake eyelashes and making videos for YouTube. This isn't what my mum came over from Jamaica for, for her granddaughter to be thrown away her education. Maggie folded and unfolded her arms. I go to church and I pray. I pray for myself. I pray for my daughter, for my niece. I just have to hope he's listening, Marina. How are my aunt and this stranger already on first name terms? I haven't been gone that long. I threw myself down next to my aunt. Marina, sat opposite, was nodding vigorously, although Maggie hadn't finished speaking. What did they say? Maggie said, pulling out the hand gel again. I swerved a question. Nothing really, just women's problems, you know? What women's problems? Maggie is a first generation Jamaican and therefore a woman entitled to information about others. Just women's problems, I said, forcing what I hoped was a convincing smile. Okay, Katie, go. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, we are waiting. Well, re- I thought you were joking, man. <laughs> Here, yeah, no, no. We've got a few minutes um, until the break. Give us, yeah, give us a starting point before we see what's uh, going on with Denise and the uh, the gang at Dedoy. Come on, Kay. Uh, um, okay. Um, like, oh, man. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know. Oh my God, Katie, you're so annoying. Like, oh, here, like the thing about Queenie, I thought, okay, Jesus, I thought, was she's like, like she's not like trying to be likable. She's not like playing to an audience. Like, you know the way you're on your own in your own head, like, and you're not thinking about like what you look like or who you are, like, because you're living your life. Like, that's, that is what Queenie was like. Like, sometimes you're reading these books and you're like, who are you like doing this for? You know, but like, she is genuinely just like living her life. Like, and the thing is, like, to protect herself, like, she's like kind of almost trying to not be likable a lot of the time. You know, and that was like, that was just different, like, and, and kind of cool. Like, she wasn't like all like crying, looking out the window, waiting for the bad thing to stop. Like, she's in a music video or something. Like, but at the same time, like, she wasn't being this like killer, amazing superhero neither. Like, she wasn't all like, oh, nothing will ever hurt me. I'm, you know, just going to go volunteer in the evenings or whatever. You know, bullshit. Like, like she was just, she was just having a shit time and like getting loads of stuff wrong. Like, lo- loads of stuff wrong. I felt a lot. Uh, yeah, she's my people. I've <laughs> I get that much stuff wrong too. Or maybe not that much stuff wrong. I haven't had as hard a time of it as Queenie. That felt that felt unfair. Sorry, Queenie. That was that, I didn't mean to minimize your struggle. How do you manage to get your foot that far into your mouth w- without even trying? Like it's a talent, Queenie. I'm not gonna lie. Like you're just born with this. You must be. Uh, <laughs> to go back to the stuff that you said that actually made sense. <laughs> like I did I, I yeah no I agree like there was loads of st- like her relationship with Tom I thought like y- you're sort of reading it looking at her kind of going like here just be honest with him about stuff you know but then then at the same time you're like sort of like here why does she need to be honest like like w- is he even that great to begin with oh my god yeah like like the first time around I thought that Tom was just like this victim when I when I read the book first last year but like this time around I was just like oh my god he's such a baby like, no man like Tom is like her safe place and like 
she lost him because she like couldn't connect emotionally or whatever like so it's kind of yeah she like sabotaged the whole thing it's kind of her fault that like they're not together anymore. No, nah. no, not in the slightest, Katie. Yeah, oh I totally don't agree either, man. Okay, this is this was a really, really bad idea. Where, so let's let's stop before we start. To just yeah. <laughs> going into just a big discussion why did I think this was going to work um we're going to take a breath here um and uh, let's take a sec let's cool off let's find out what's going on with the folks at Dodoy and we will see you guys back here in a few for more Chicklet for Life don't go away and just like that the quarantines return and here at Dodoy we are very much aware that everyone is pretty much banjaxed right now like, it's, it's, it's terrifying. I can barely roll out of bed in the morning and that's literally all I have to do. So, campus crew, that's what we want to hear from you about this week. What's got you down and how are you dealing with it? Like, I haven't washed my hair in like four days. I think there might be something living in it. Though that might just be a Dorito. I haven't got the heart to check. Ugh, oh, it's so gross. Like, it's just a wheelie bin. Like, what am I so afraid of? Like, there's genuinely stuff, like, spilling out of it onto the kitchen floor. Like, why why can't I bring it outside? Why am I so terrified of the wheelie bin? I know it probably sounds silly, but I can't get through a whole online class without a dance break. Like, I've listened to WAP 16 times today and it's only 5 o'clock. Should I be worried? These are the real issues, folks. And we're here for you. Call in. Didoy Thursdays. That's that's actually really cool. I might I might ring them. Actually, I might yeah, I might ring in this week. It, will that be before or after your baked potato? I don't know. Before maybe. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. That's, that's nice. But yeah. Um, before ooh, before we finished up ahead of the break, we were yeah we were talking about how we yeah we felt about Queenie as as a character. Yeah yeah like yeah the whole thing with like her and and Tom. So yeah like maybe a bit of backstory maybe there. Yeah yeah I guess yeah. So like yeah you guys heard in the excerpt bit that like yeah Queenie's all texting her boyfriend Tom who's like not replying while she's in the doctor getting her IUD checked on and finding out that she's like had a miscarriage or whatever like how do you do that do what like strip all that motion out of something uh chloe like you're not exactly here weeping into your microphone talking to us every week like uh excuse you clean it every i have a very clear memory of me not being able to keep calm in our last show when i was talking about one jk opa being like oh, obscenely God. sexy doing black swan on jimmy fallon okay yeah yeah it was heartbreaking chloe let's let's not revisit it well, you can see right through his shorts Tisha, and like and that's without me even talking about his solo stage during my time at the Map of the Soul 1 concert where, like, it didn't even make sense for him to be wearing that short. So many buttons were open on it. <laughs> oh, 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 Fetishization. Oh my God, Sersha, bless your beautiful face. What what would we actually do without you? How would we keep this Here. all on track? Oh my Me God. appreciating JK Opa's magnificence from afar is not the same, okay, as blokes like coming on to Queenie like she's some sort of like sex robot that has no feelings, okay? JK Opa has feelings, okay? He likes crisps and he likes the video games and he likes puppies and Namjoon Opa is his hero. It's so sweet. Oh my 
Okay, okay. We, we, we accept that you have feelings, Chloe. We'll never say anything to the contrary again. That's all I'm after, like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no, like fetishization, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, that was like so tough. Like I had, I genuinely had like no idea that like black women had to deal with like that level of crazy. Like, but like I thought that that was what made the whole thing with Tom, like like their whole relationship, like kind of so great. And what was so sad about like Queenie pushing him away, like like he wanted to be with her for who she was, like not because he had some gross like racist idea about banging some hot black girl. See, I don't know. Like Tom, like Tom obviously isn't like a creep to the level of some of the other guys that show up in Queenie's life. Like, no, for real. Like that was like not okay. Like, like I know it's not okay, but like Jesus, like like blokes that were like proper married and like mates with her for ages, being all like, "Oh, here, so like, when do I get to bang you?" Like, I like I was kind of sort like pissed off at Queenie for like getting with them blokes that just wanted to like yeah bang some hot black girl and like didn't think of her as like a person at all like I yeah I got mad at her for even like going there but like I suppose like I was thinking after like how many times do you hear blokes talking to you like that before you like kind of start like believing like that is true like there's something to it why are so many different blokes that don't know each other talking to you like that yeah I was thinking well like obviously like the obvious reason is because it's a racist idea to fetishize black women like that. But like, yeah, I, I uh, when you're on the receiving end of it, I wonder like if everybody keeps on at you like that, maybe you start to believe it. And like, then it kind of makes sense as well. Kind of, I don't know. <laughs> but like that, maybe she'd lash out at people that say, they cur unconditionally and won't leave her like like Tom like he does say that and like maybe it's it's scary but then at the same time like maybe you want to test it maybe you're sort of like okay you you like me for who I am I'll show you I'll show you who I am like that's it's horrible like yeah but like that's kind of what I find that really confusing like like you have to you have to take care of a relationship to keep it working like and and Queenie didn't do that with Tom. Like, he, he did all the work. No, no, sorry. No, Katie, no, he didn't. That's just, that's just simply not true. Like, uh, what, like, he was the one who, like, approached her. He was the one that, like, stayed with her despite her, like, picking fights all the time. Like, she wouldn't even, like, accept him, like, making her a cup of tea when she didn't feel well. Like, what's, what's that about? Like, work is relative, Katie. Tom came into that relationship uninvited by the way okay I thought that was just me okay I feel better now <laughs> no seriously like if someone came up to me when I was reading something and was all like oh I've read that one I'd be a bit like I mean okay do you want a medal or something <gasps> oh Saoirse fierce in the building let me get comfortable here girls oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no, no 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 but like I I think that was kind of Tom's whole thing like he just he just wanted a medal for like just showing up you know like why like yeah he's there like oh why isn't Queenie just like so grateful for how patient and kind I'm being with her like he never once asked her how she was like what it was like for her like or what would help like he just he wanted to just ride in and save the day and like wanted her to be like on her knees thanking him for it oh I mean that's just very good <laughs> that's just, oh, yeah that's yeah very, very good cool, like yeah way to go Serge <laughs> thank you my goodness <laughs> but like he didn't but like he didn't seem like a bad person man no and I and I don't think he was you know he just he just wanted a girl that was okay and it, it wasn't okay for him that Queenie wasn't okay but but 
that's not okay at all. Oh, I don't know. Everybody has like at least one like really close friend or something that's like ghosted them out of nowhere, out of you like after being like really close to them, you know? And like the reason for that is usually that you just weren't okay and and they couldn't handle it. You know, it's it's more responsibility than than they were looking for. It's really sad, man. I don't know. Like it's I think it's kind of more human than sad. And like the the only really sad part about it is like that that ghosting kind of feels like the only way to deal with it sometimes like like could you imagine like calling up someone to tell them that like you can't handle them inviting themselves around to like bitch about their relationship with their mom one more time because it's like slowly sucking the life out of you like like that's not a conversation people have so like you just instead you just you just don't return their texts and eventually they get the message like I think like most people have been on like both sides of that situation like at least once and like None of us have the emotional turbulence that poor Queenie faces, like, pretty much every day. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Oh, no. Was it bad? Like, not, like, not really, but, like, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, it was this girl that, like, I went to school with. And then, like, last year, I met her on a night out one time, like, just by accident, we just ran into each other, and, like, and, like, I told her we'd go for coffee, and, like, we exchanged numbers and stuff, but, dude, she did not let it go, like, and I just couldn't keep doing it, man, it was, oh, it was so painful, like, all we had to talk about was, like, old teachers and stuff, it was, like, so boring, but she was so excited to, like, keep meeting up and stuff, and I just couldn't. Do oh I just stopped texting back, man. Oh, it's such a dick move. Oh God. <laughs> no, like and that's but that's the thing, Katie. Like you're not a bad person. I don't know, Sarah from the sounds of it. Oh Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like the first time I read the book, I really thought the same as you, Katie. Genuinely. I, I didn't understand why Queenie would like disconnect from herself for ages and ages and then suddenly snap and push people away. But that's just what you do though, innit? Like, you just keep going until you can't go no more and then, like, you just throw something at the telly. <laughs> Have experience in that there, Chloe, do we? Sarah, like, me man needs to give up doing nights, but, like, will she listen to Chloe? <laughs> me bollocks, she will. Wow. Wow. Since since we moved off the actual college radio station, I I have not said anything about language on air because, you know, it's kind of unnecessary. The internet knows no 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 swearing rules. But like I think I speak for us all when when I say Chloe man. Okay, 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 But she still needs to give up that job, okay? Uh, well I mean that point is still perfectly valid. Okay, good. Once we're clear. <laughs> oh yeah. Like Queenie. Yeah, I like I start to get it. Like I kind like I get like she she must feel like nobody wants answer like like she got mates and all but like if I was her like coming from her position yeah empathy whatever (laughs) no no this is serious she's after like yeah growing up with her mom who like took up with this bloke that was like a total pig but like stayed with him like she's pretty much choosing him over Queenie right there then Mm. she's like living with her grandparents who are like adorable but like the same as me man dad like they wouldn't be like minding you or nothing like you're there to work you're not dare to be told like oh you're brilliant and we love you or nothing and then like with Cheska who's like my actual hero oh <laughs> like, like Queenie, Queenie goes around to like help her with our weave and like listen to how deadly she is like going out with all these blokes and like generally being like Beyonce but in Peckham I think that's a joke I think that's like I think that's actually pretty funny if you live in London but like I can't be um, completely sure like um, but anyway like it's not a joke oh shit <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. And we were like, okay, but no, she is. She's like Beyonce and Peckham. And I think that that's like a funny thing if you're from there. That's all I was saying. Why am I so shit at this? <laughs> um, but yeah, like, yeah. And then our mates, yeah. So like then she's got Jessica and she's got, yeah, then she's got like Darcy, who's like whiter than Katie. Hey. <laughs> so yeah, like nice as she is. Like can Queenie really properly trust her? Like, like really trust her, you know? And then, you know, you got Cassandra, who's like an actual walking bitch. Yeah, like I genuinely didn't understand why she was friends with Cassandra, like just for like loans of money and like to be able to hang out with yeah, Cassandra's like super lovely dad. Like maybe or maybe like if someone who's like that rude tells you that they're your friend, you like believe them because they would have no issue telling you that they can't stand you in like the clearest possible way, you know? Do you know that actually that does make sense? But like with people like that around her, like you can kind of see why Queenie will feel like like totally alone, like a lot of the time, like especially after Tom is off the scene, you know, like after having somebody like that around who's like all about you, like no matter how much you'd be fighting, like it'd still feel like a home. And then when that goes away, you'd sort of be left with like nothing, you know, and feel like nothing's actually holding you in place. Like what what would it even be like if you weren't there, kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, and even then, and then like the whole, oh man, oh, there like isn't a way to say this without sounding like super white. God, do it, Sarah. Like, just embrace your inner Katie right now. <laughs> man, like, <laughs> it's so easy, but, but yeah, the uh, yeah the the race issue. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I that know, is white. I know, I know, I know. I, like, I genuinely don't know how to say it. Like, well, I mean, like, how about Queenie's experience of being a black woman in an environment where black women are not seen as people? How about that? Like, if someone had said that to me before reading the book, I'd have thought that that was like a really alarmist way of talking about that. Like, I mean, yeah, we're talking about London. Everyone on EastEnders treats the black characters with the utmost respect. Oh, unless the script says that they have to murder them. Excellent point. Yes, yes. Unless the script says they have to murder them. Um, But yeah, like everything in the book, though, must happen like I can see all of those things happening so like I'm wrong it's not an alarmist thing to say you know like oh Jesus like blokes talking to black girls like they're just things because because I don't know why there was yeah there was this line in there that was like super heartbreaking it was like something like men will tell girls that I'm out with that they want to take them for dinner and in the next breath they'll grab my ass and tell me that they want to bang me over the arm of a sofa like Jesus man but like even like tiny things like when that guy Ted was like pestering Queenie and Cheska told him to back off oh my god I just love her so much <laughs> like, but like no one came over to ask if they were okay yeah and like some guy came over to ask if Ted was okay like that that was so gross man but like even say Queenie going for a swim and she's like the only black woman there right and she's already feeling awful and then like she has a run in with this well-to-do white lady over the white lady's kid being just a brat like but like which is like a fairly standard thing that happens you know but like Queenie gets so upset over the fact that like she already doesn't belong like which you know isn't a reaction in line with how I'd react in that situation but like that's because I wouldn't have that feeling to begin with you know like the situation it's like really loaded for her but then like the lady doesn't even think of that because she isn't willing to even go to where Queenie would be in her head coming in you know and like and like and then the lady's just a 
it's like assuming that Queenie's being really like aggressive. Like I just thought that that was, I just thought that that was something that was really hard. Like because in in a in a situation like that, as someone who's like not black or not a minority, I'm just ginger. <laughs> but like you're not, but you're not going to like go over and like grab a black woman or like an Indian woman or somebody's shoulders, you know, and say, you know. You belong here. I <laughs> I welcome you to this place. You know, oh like, that's God. not okay. <laughs> so awful. But like you'd have to do like some version of that, right? Oh my God, Katie, why? Why? Because, man, like everybody should feel welcome like everywhere. That's that's the point, right? Well, like, yeah. So like treat people like they're welcome, not like you're like Jay Gatsby and the tutorial group is like your private yacht or whatever. Jesus. Uh, now I say it's like, why didn't I make popcorn for this? This is amazing <laughs> right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, Clee, you, you said something really interesting. Like I do, that. like loaded is a, is a cool word for for those situations like it's yeah to be in situations all the time that are like so yeah loaded with all that tension like like no wonder Queenie has issues with anxiety Christ yeah yeah I really recognized all that stuff like that that feeling of like jolting awake and being like full sure that something terrible is gonna happen but like you genuinely don't know what it is and that's even worse yeah like say like when like you can't go to sleep and stuff because like there are exams coming up and all yeah 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 yeah, yeah. or like some little Bitch thinks she can just help herself to your good primer that you ordered from the States and she had to pay customs charges for and everything, Kylie. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, no, not really. <laughs> but like, like, no, like that, that's just, like that stuff is, yeah, tough, I guess, Chloe. Um, But like, I mean, more that like you're pretty sure, y- yeah, you wake up like in the middle of the night out of nowhere and like, it's horrible. It's like you've been shaken awake and like you're sure you're after doing something like really terrible. That means like your family are going to kick you out of the house, but you don't know what that thing was or like that there's that there's something like really, really like deeply wrong with you and you don't know what it is. And like maybe you'll never find out what it is, but like it's there and because it's there, something terrible is going to happen. You just you just don't know what that thing will be or or when when it'll happen. Oh my God, Sarah, that sounds terrifying. It it is it is less than great. Um like like does the medicine help with it, Sarah? Ah yeah, yeah, no it does. Like it's it's just one of those things. Like it's it's like it's like there's all this noise in my head if if I don't take them, you know, and and it's when that happens, it's always like I'm kind of two to five sentences away from having like a proper like shrieking, crying fit in the corner of the room. Um, so, yeah, better, better if I take them. So, uh, like, are they are they antidepressants, Sarah? I, I hope that's not really personal. Like, no, 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 no. It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, no, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They put me they put me on them after my granddad died. Um, he was living with us at, at the time, see, and after he died, yeah, died, I um, I started having like kind of full on panic attacks in school. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty bad. And then, oh, here, I'm sorry. No, Jesus, no, 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 no. Because like, yeah, I said already, I recognized the feeling that kind of Queenie gets on and off in the book. Like for, for me, like with Queenie in the book, I think she kind of felt that things were just too big and scary um, around her. Things were kind of closing in on her. Um, for me, it was more like there was all this noise, and and that's what happens now if I if I if I don't take my medicine. It's it's sort of like everything and 
everybody around me. It's just too loud and bright and and there's too there's just too many people like just walking around being themselves really loudly or something and and the world is just like they're working on its own rhythm and it's really really overwhelming like there are buses going places on their timetable people are work like out going to work on their timetable or they're walking their dogs they're going for a run and and other like school kids when like when I was in school they're they're there and they're going to class and there's lockers opening and closing and people talking to each other and they're all having different conversations and and people are asking me questions and and teachers are looking for homework and you know my friends are wondering what I'm doing later if I've seen this show if I heard that song maybe they're ignoring me altogether and it was just it was just I couldn't handle it like so 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 like do you ever or like, do you think it's normal or like, did you when back then, like, did you ever feel like, I don't know, like sort of like your hands or something are kind of like doing something without you being able to control them? That's that doesn't sound right. Um, Like kind of like you're moving so fast and thinking so fast that you kind of go like numb or something like you don't get a chance to think about what you're doing you just kind of are doing these things without even registering it and and that's kind of scary yeah yeah no definitely yeah like there's yeah there's too much to do and like but you have to do it and you might cry any second but like that doesn't change anything so you just have to do it and you start working and working faster and faster and faster and then kind of your face kind of goes numb and you're not even able to think about what you're doing you're just doing it all and it doesn't even matter and yeah it just keeps getting faster and faster kind of yeah yeah exactly like is that like like is is that nor normal I don't know man like for me it wasn't but like it was happening like all the time like but like that yeah I, I don't know I, I, I don't know dude I think it's worth talking to doctors about that stuff like all the time or like ringing like you can ring helplines and stuff like I know that kind of sounds a bit weird but like it's just so much and this was in the book too like there's so much like with people going here just grow a pair and get over it oh my god that was like so sad and it's not just this book it's come up in like a bunch of books that we've we've read so far in this series like folks from like non-white backgrounds that like weakness any kind of weakness is like not acceptable too much work has gone into carving out a space for you in this society built by people that thought you didn't deserve to be here um so you can't be weak it's like not acceptable and like i well, it's weird because, you know, because my mom is English, but she's black and, you know, all that stuff. But like Irish people have that as well. And I don't know if it's to do with like independence or whatever it is, but like it's it's obviously not the same as 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 the, the kind of racism that that, you know, folks have to deal with uh, on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, that idea of here y- y- you can't indulge this nonsense there are important things to do people who came before you didn't get the chance you know suck it up and get on with it because everything other people have done has been for you so you know just just don't sit there with a face on you have you been like reading my mom's blog or what's the story Saoirse it's just really compelling stuff Chloe (laughs) (laughs) no but like I greet you like what's what's it my girl Cheska says like I'm Ugandan um 
Yeah, if I told my mom I needed counselling, she'd ship me over to Kampala in like a cargo barrel. Like, <laughs> isn't it weird? Like that, the the way like older folks are like proper. Like here, I got on with it, and I had less than you do. So like, what's your problem? Get on with it. Like like Jesus, Trish. Like you're not exactly the poster girl for pristine mental health here. Like maybe a bit of counselling for you wouldn't go astray. You know, a bit bit specific there Chloe here she's me auntie she's not me ma you know the woman is a functioning alcoholic and thinks like that if I can't sleep for two days that the thing started out as a nagging of vodka like pfft. how did Jesus is that gonna help with anything really feel like we could be getting into something we could get sued over right now I am with you on that one fam like it does seem weird though to be like oh here I'm afraid to go to sleep because I might have a nightmare doesn't it oh, no, like it does. It's a bit kind of childish, right? No, man, no. Like I used to have that too. Like did you used to like just really wish there was somebody like in the bed with you? Oh my God, yeah. Like it's it's just, oh yeah. It was just like so freaky. Like you sort of, like I used to think, well, not think, like I used to see, oh, it sounds so stupid. Like it was like there was some guy dressed in black, like just kind of standing in the corner. Like what, man? No, no, that's a thing. Yeah, my cousin gets that. Um, night terrors, innit? I, d- I don't know. I just I just kind of thought I was going mad. That's not really fair. Like, like, did you think Queenie was going mad when, like, you were reading the book? Like, no, no, no way. But, like, like Queenie had, like, real stuff going on. Like, you know, like, her dad wasn't around at all. Like, her mom had, like, yeah, gone off with this bloke who was, well, I know she hadn't currently, sorry, I'm going away, loads of stuff. But, like, no, like, he was a total dick. Like, she had to deal with, like, racism constantly like and like the knowledge that like people that look like her are like killed every day just for like being alive and like and then on top of all of that she finds out at the beginning of the book that she's had this miscarriage while her fella is asking her to move out like that's real stuff like that would send anybody over the edge like no like but like that's the thing I think like she just thought well not just thought but like she thought she just had to get on with it like do normal stuff like go work even like though she couldn't do no work and like ended up making things like even harder for herself like and she's trying to move on from Tom but like she could only manage to like get off with blokes that like wanted to treat her like some sort of like blow up doll but like worse oh man like and do you know like they'd probably treat a blow up doll better in everything I bet the blow up doll you're imagining is white and blonde Katie <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh man so racist Katie no oh, god like no but I agree no this is serious now I agree with you Chloe like Queenie's been through so much but like what's almost worse about it is that like she's grown up with the understanding that like you have to bury your pain because weakness is unacceptable and like on top of all of that you've got her white friends and Tom being like well I mean it's your responsibility to speak up about your feelings and tell me exactly how to help you because you know let's face it I'm already amazing for even being here I don't know that that's fair I don't think Darcy was like that and like and like I don't think anybody like looked down on Queenie no no like I don't mean it like that I just mean I just mean like 
white culture is the default. You know, we've talked about this before. Nude means beige in terms of clothing, you know, like, which means nude for white people, you know, fake tan optional. You know, all makeup, especially budget makeup, comes in at least eight Caucasian shades and one mocha shade if you're lucky. Any, like, hot hairstyle that everyone just has to try is for non-Afro hair. Like, when people see a black woman out and about, they immediately comment on, like, how hot or curvaceous or, like, exotic or, like, intimidating she is. Like, nothing about, like, who she might be or what she might be like. Like, there are dozens of like reductive labels for white women you know bimbo hipster boomer karen hippie geek kardashian whatever like black girls are just black you know and and white girls go into relationships or friendships with black people i think with their heads full of knowledge just about their own culture about white culture and black folks come into those relationships with knowledge of their culture plus all of the white cultural knowledge that's been like forced on them so like white folks i don't know just expect to sit back and be told the stuff they don't know about black culture because that's what's happened with black people. But I mean, they didn't ask for that information. You know, it's just, uh, I'm like, I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, it's lazy, you know, and, and it's a little disrespectful, you know, I mean, and of course, it's going to be tiresome if it's like all day, every day for someone, you know, like, what other way could could that be? Katie? Yeah? Are you thinking about the time you asked Stephanie how long it took to, like, get her braids done that time? I was curious, man. I just, I was interested. But, but how many times do you think she was asked that that day alone? <laughs> like, like, I can't even remember if I told her they looked good. Jesus, like, Katie. Oh, man. Oh, God. It, like, they looked awesome. Like, she must have known, right? Like, she's so much cooler than me. But, like, by virtue of her being that much cooler than you, she therefore knew she looked great and didn't need to be paid any compliments. But she also had the time and energy to talk you through the eight hours she spent in the salon chair instead of finishing her coffee in peace. Do I have that right? Well, like... That wasn't exactly my thought process. Kind of missing the point here, Kay, I think. But, like, I'd have thought, like, it's a total dick move to, like, read up on something just so that you can, like, slink up to, I don't know, some some girl that's just gotten her braids done and be like, hey, them braids take ages. I hear they can take anywhere from six to 12 hours, depending on the style and braid size that you have decided to implement. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, like if someone walked up to you after like a chemistry practical when you've got your lab coat on and they're all like, hey, how about that sodium hydroxide? I mean, talk about alkaline. Ooh. Oh, my God, Thersha, take me now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is an excellent point. Yes, I, I hear you. I hear you. And like, I mean, I kind of feel a bit weird making these points. Like, I mean, yeah, technically my mom is black and everything, but like I'm imaginary. So my mom is imaginary. You four are imaginary. Elsie is just some white girl who made us up so that she could talk about this stuff. Like, it's so important that we read these books and so important that we think about this stuff because, I mean, let's be real. Our, well, Elsie's ancestors and a bunch of people listening to, to this show's ancestors colonized and enslaved other people. And, you know, people whose ancestors didn't do that have it harder than us. They just do. And and that's the way it's been. And that's just decidedly not okay. 
Like what's the bet and that Katie's still thinking about them braids right now? Like it's 2020, man. Why has no one invented a time machine? (laughs) (laughs) So so, while Katie tries to figure out a way to get the floor to actually swallow her. No, no, but like seriously, if I keep moving these books around, like a secret passageway will eventually open up, right? And then I can just live in whatever chamber I'm brought to with the mad scientist in there experimenting on elite soldiers with geothermal energy. I really, I really don't see how there's any other way for me to deal with this. So uh, you went back to playing Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> and how, my friend? <laughs> He's played nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um, final thoughts and Easter eggs. What do you guys think? Here, I want the neck curtains. My nanny used to have me washing door frames in her house because it builds character or whatever. So like, yeah, them neck curtains, I felt them. I felt them in my soul. Okay. So like, yeah, be looking out for them. Use beautiful listener people. <laughs> <laughs> we have been saying though this whole series so far that there are things that we're recognizing that like we thought were just like Irish cultural things but like they're in all of these other books about other cultures so like maybe they're just like shared human experiences or something well like Queenie's grandma and my nanny went to the same boot camp that's all I'm saying she used to whip the bedclothes off me if I wasn't up like at like what eight o'clock or something anytime I stayed around whores like what would have happened if I took me knickers off in me sleep like what why would you no do you know what I don't want to know too bleeding right you don't want to know so that didn't go as as I expected what what does go as you expect anymore though Sarah really excellent excellent point Sersh as as usual um you want to enlighten us on on what you think folks should be on the lookout for um well like it's I don't know that it's technically an Easter egg, but like if folks could like be on the lookout for the nasality of Drake's voice, that that would make me just so happy. Oh my God, I underlined that when I was reading it. Oh my God, you didn't. Not even messing. Like I just thought it was really, yeah, that that scene was grim. Yeah, but like wouldn't a Drake track be playing though in a scene that grim, you know? Yeah, and like Migos would be like too aggressive. Yeah. What are you talking about oh, okay you're so white dude I, I'm not <laughs> since we've taken one of your underlined bits and I am hurt Sarah <laughs> and rightly so <laughs> what what would you like to have folks keep an eye out for um well I don't know that it has much to do with the story like it might do I think I need to read the book again. Um, but yeah, there was a bench in a bus shelter with a wet patch on one end and a brown patch on another end. And I just feel like we've all been in that bus shelter at one time or another in our lives. <laughs> True that, my friend. <laughs> okay. Like it, like, it sounds stupid now. Like, all those were really good. Like, Well, I mean, that's probably just because, like, you're a bit stupid, Katie. Chloe! What? Too far, man. Oh, here, Katie knows I'm only messing, don't you, Kay? Um, like, no. Like, w- we were all geared up for an intervention earlier. Like, maybe we should take a few minutes to talk about Chloe's incessant bullying right now. Like, I I kind of agree, Clee. Yeah, it's 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 getting out of hand. We, we do need to do something. Like, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to finally get justice. Like, my, my suffering is finally over. Here, this isn't funny. I'm not bullying no one here, Kay. Katie, you're not really upset, are you? I didn't mean anything bad, like... Like, I oh, know, I'd never bully anybody. Like, I love all of you so much. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, you are a lot of bitches. Holy <laughs> 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 worship, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. You were going to tell us about your super lame Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, that's right. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, mine was, was a plate of fish fingers, baked beans and fried plantain. Um, cause 
That sounded so good, man. Hey, food is love, dude. Also, have you put on weight? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's true. Your appearance does not determine, determine your worth, Determine my worth, Sarah. No, I know, I know, Saoirse, I know, I know. I know. I'm just saying, it's just one part of who we are, and it's just a very small part. Negligible, if anything. Uh, I'm just saying, if you're going to get that on a t-shirt, it's going to have to be shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Um, and then, uh, yeah, last thing for me. Um, what I would like you guys to keep an eye out for is a green and gold headscarf. Because, you know, sometimes, just sometimes, you know, folks can uh, can get it right. Ah, here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Uh, Queenie by Candace Carty Williams is available at all good booksellers and on Amazon for Kindle. Or Kindle for Amazon. Uh, whatever, Kindle. Um, you can find more information on Miss Carty Williams at CandiceCartyWilliams.com and follow her on Instagram and Twitter at, at C underscore W. And uh, actually, while while you're at it, uh, you could, of course, follow us on Twitter um, at, at chiclet 4 life one uh, or on Instagram at, at LifeChiclet4. Yeah, we know. It's weird. Um, or on Facebook by searching for Chiclet for Life. Uh, you can also subscribe and like us on your preferred podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you think. We're probably there. Um, if you fancy rating and reviewing, too, that uh, would possibly make you our favorite person ever. So, you know, there's always that. <laughs> we will be back in two weeks' time to talk about the next book in our series on writers of colour. This time around, it's going to be The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, uh, which we're very, very excited about. Um, in the meantime, take care of yourself, wash your hands, take a walk, call a mate, laugh out loud, stream dynamite. Chloe! <laughs> got into my script. Tell um, you more Stream dynamite. Wear your mask and continue. Yeah, just continue being the awesome person you are. We are so grateful that you're here with us and we hope you have a peaceful and happy two weeks. Um, talk to you guys later. Thanks again for listening. Don't mind to go for a wee, man. <laughs> nice. Dude. So, here at Two Tours, one chain, we are endeavouring to educate ourselves on subjects of race and inequality. But, it seems like neoliberalism is a big deal with that and we, we can't figure out what it is. Jono thought maybe it was like a sexy new age thing where like you are cool with like gay marriage and all but you also had like a class motorbike like in Akira. But that's not it. We, we googled that and that's not. There isn't a name for that. There, sh- there should be a name for that. But, um, so all this week, anyone who can explain to us why a neoliberal system places people of colour or other historically disenfranchised groups at a disadvantage will get a free tour check and custom bell fitting. So, come on down. We need to find out why the free market wants to kill everyone, especially people of colour. It don't make no sense. We don't know what's going on. So come on down. Two tours, one time.